Hello, everybody. Here I'm there to talk about Anchor. It's one of the best podcast uh, platforms that you can you can uh, go on. You can put all your podcasts on Apple, Google, any place. Any place to put up your podcast, you could all do it in one place. Anchor has all the tools to allow you to record and edit your podcast right from the phone or computer. And you can distribute any of your, your podcasts on any platform like Apple, Spotify, Anchor, you know, Anchor, Stitcher, iHeart, everything. It's everything you need you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. And let me tell you, I have had great experience with Anchor. Download the Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started today. That is Anchor FM to get started today. Welcome to Cindy and Joe's show. I'm Joe. I'm Cindy. And this is Between the Whistles, Detroit, your hometown team. Yes, and the first show of 2022. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Not so happy for Michigan football, though. Yeah. Yeah, I would say it's definitely not a happy new year for Michigan football. No. First, no. you get your you, your nuts put on a platter on uh, New Year's Eve. What a great way to start the uh, New Year's. Uh, uh, I mean, like, it wasn't even close. Don't you wonder, how wonder how many other people had nuts on platters for New Year's Eve? You know, some people are allergic to nuts. Cashews, walnuts. Cashews nuts. are the best. I'm telling you. you. You don't even need to waste your time with any other nut. Just put the cashew out there. And then I heard cashews aren't actually a nut or something. Um, that's fake news. Whatever. Cashews are nuts, and they're the best one because, like, you just there's nuts. Well, peanuts are good, but not really. And if we had nuts, we'd be throwing them at the TV, watching the Michigan Georgia game. And you know, I was at I was actually down in Florida, as you know, and uh, having a great time, enjoying the sun, and mm-hmm. it was wonderful. And I was in a restaurant actually. You were on a bender. I was not on a. Bender, unless you want to call being at a hibachi. I was at a hibachi restaurant. Get this. I'm at, I'm at a hibachi restaurant watching um, Michigan play Georgia, and I don't even know if you can call it they were playing them. No, they weren't playing them. They got absolutely just destroyed from the get-go. From the start, Michigan never had a chance in that game. I mean, you know, you think to yourself, wow, we actually have a good program. We've got some, you know, we were on a high from State and Michigan and all of these wins, and then – you see what you saw with Michigan against Georgia, and Georgia makes you realize you don't have a program. You got a peewee football team here. That's you know they're just trying to let them you know let them play yeah. just for fun. But um, you know if they were going to win, they were, it was only because Georgia would have let them win. Yeah, you know, it was if, one of those deals. If Georgia was like overthinking them, like over. Oh yeah, like they were so outclassed. I mean, Michigan was just really. It had to be a tremendous wake up call to them um, to like, okay, we thought we were good. Yeah. Well, but it's, not it's, so much. It's, it's one thing to get through like the Big Ten, and you go through the Big Ten. You 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 play. You know, your you call it man ball where you just run the ball on them. You know, pass it when you want to. You know, in SEC it doesn't work that way because against like a team like Georgia where they don't really allow points at all and they don't allow you to run the ball. Yeah, you're not gonna be able to run the ball, so you better have some good playmakers on the outside. They just didn't. They they, look, they literally looked like they were just struggling the whole time. Well, you know, we've always said that that's been Michigan's Achilles heel from day one of the season and, and really from subsequent seasons as well is they don't have a passing game. They have a running game. And as soon as someone figured that out 
and realize that all they had to do was stop their running game, they're going to stop Michigan. And uh, so, but they, like I said, they weren't even, they didn't even get their running game on. And I don't know if it's so much that Georgia stopped and Michigan just didn't have the, the mojo. Well, I can tell you this right now. When Michigan played Georgia, it was total outclass talent. Their defensive line, Georgia, outclass, which they, Michigan was named the best offensive line in the country. I mean, how? If, how? After what you watched on New Year's Eve, right? Where you watched a defensive line absolutely obliterate that offense line. Like I felt bad for Cade McNamara because he didn't get any any um, any protection. The running backs didn't get any lanes to, to run through. It was just it was bad. It was not. That's not how you win football games. Yeah, no, they they were almost defeated right from the start, and it was unfortunate because you know to come so far. Nothing is more deflating than to come so far, do so much, and then, you know, you, you and you fall flat right at the end of it. But I got to call you out, but you said, oh God, boy, no. who remembers this? Joe's always pointing out when I'm wrong, loves oh, to say yeah. I was wrong about Dylan Larkin, I was wrong about this or that, wrong about Jeff Blaschel. It is now my turn, sir. It is my turn to point out that you were wrong about Michigan football. You said, I'm going to tell you right now. Go back and look. I'm gonna tell you right now. You can you can mark my word right now. Right now, I'm telling you, Michigan's going all the way. I think that's what you said, and I'm gonna tell you that didn't happen. So yeah, you were yeah, wrong. You know, selfishly, I was like, I hope I'm right. You know, <laughs> but then like it got like ten minutes in the game, and I'm like, I'm not gonna be right, and this is gonna be brutal because Cindy's gonna finally she's gonna get one on me. And it's going to piss me off to no end. But you know what the biggest thing I, I learned out of that Michigan game? You didn't think I was going to let it go. Oh, no, you no. didn't think that for one minute, no, did no, you? No, no, I, I no. I didn't think that at all. Cool. I, I was like, oh, this is going to come up on the show. <laughs> great. But, like, you know, what I, you, know what I, you know what I learned about the Michigan? Uh, it, it, like, opened my eyes. Because, mm-hmm. like, if you look at it, like, the talent level between Michigan and Georgia is not even close. And if you – I did the research, and you, I, you've probably seen it between the whistles, but – for people that are, you know, just listening to the podcast, like, you got to think about this. In a four-year span, right, Michigan's touted as, like, a recruiting power, right? Well, in their own conference, they didn't even they didn't even come close to the top team with coming up with five-star recruits. Ohio State had 15 to Michigan's four. So let's put that in perspective. Michigan had four in four years. Texas A&M had six this year alone. Yeah, so... so if, 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 when you talk about winning on a national level, like, that's what you're competing with. And then you look at the Georgia. Georgia had 18 five-star recruits in a four-year period. Alabama, 17 four, five-star recruits. You know, yeah, you're going to get probably get these guys, like, that are, you know, not highly regarded that become really, really great players. That, that happens all the time. Mm-hmm. But the reality of the situation is, when you're talking about guys who are like athletic freaks and are surefire NFL players, most of them are five stars. And you do see it when you when you go and you see the national championship. Like usually those teams are up there in the recruiting rankings every year because they always get the talent that they want. And there's a there's a fix to this, and it helps the bowl games. You know, how Kenneth Walker opted out of the Peach Bowl. Yeah. How Kenneth Pickett opted out of the Peach Bowl. There's a fix to this. See, right now you have the four teams in the playoffs, right? You have four teams that get in the playoffs. And it's usually not really well 
it's not really well thought of, right? Mm-hmm. Like this year, you had Cincinnati in the playoffs. They deserved it because they were undefeated. And even though they didn't play anybody, they still held they held close to Alabama as close as they could. I mean, Alabama's a machine, right? But like, if you had eight teams in the playoffs, right? Yeah, those players aren't opting out of the bowl games. It could be a totally different ball game because you don't know how you. Let's let's say like a a Notre Dame plays a, a, a they play uh. They play Oklahoma State in the Fiesta Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. And one of them goes on. I mean, right. that would have been a, that would have been a classic because Notre Dame would have had their safety. They would have their running back. They didn't have those in the Fiesta Bowl. Michigan State didn't have uh, Kenneth Walker. You know, all these playoff teams, everyone played, right? They didn't. No one opted out because. So I think they should expand the playoffs because then they could then people could sell recruits like, hey, we can get to the playoffs too. Because right now, what's happening is. These teams like Alabama and Georgia are like, listen, we get to the playoffs yearly, right? We're not like Michigan where we just get there, you know, every other yeah, five by, years. By happenstance. We, right. We're not like Michigan State where we get there every five years, right? right. We get there every year. Well, if right. you're, a Mich- you're a Michigan State fan, you can be like, listen, we can get there right now. Right. So... I think, you know, you hit on a couple points, Joe, that I think we need to talk about. First off, I definitely want to make sure that everybody listening, if you want to see some analysis that's really engaging, boy, if you want to get into a good conversation, you've got to go to our Facebook page, go to Between the Whistles Detroit. Uh, We've got some of the best engagement on some of this stuff. And uh, we talk about stuff other people don't in a way that nobody else will. So you want to definitely go and visit us there. So one of the conversations that I want to have with you, Joe, is you mentioned, you know, Michigan's had a difficult time in recruiting, you know, and there's a number of reasons for that. And we talked pre-show a little bit about that, about why Michigan's had such a hard time recruiting. I think that's going to be a considerable challenge for them, even more so than it has been in coming seasons and possibly even next season. I'll tell you why. Look how many of their key players are, are making themselves eligible for the draft, right? That are entering the NFL draft. I mean, you've got four or five key people, uh, key guys that are going into the NFL. You've got the potential of losing Jim Harbaugh, the head coach to the NFL. And here's the thing. What happens if we lose Jim Harbaugh? What happens if we lose four or five of these guys to the NFL? You're going to have a vacuum of leadership. And I will argue that my experience, even in my field, is it's worse to have a vacuum of leadership than bad leadership. I'd rather have bad leadership than a vacuum of leadership. And that's what I'm afraid might happen with Michigan if they can't fill that gap, if they can't fill that hole with recruiting or by using the the, uh, portal. Because when we were talking about pre-show about the NIL um, policies that Michigan has, that's a huge detriment and one of the things that Jim Harbaugh is disenchanted with. So where does that leave the future of Michigan football? Well, do I think Jim Harbaugh, do I think he's going to leave? Probably not. I mean, is it out there? Could it be? Could it happen? Sure, it could. Because what it's come down to is it's basically a warf. You know how it is, internal warfare. Sure. Like that, that's the name of the game in my field. Yeah, like we're like like internal warfare. Like right, the, like Mark Schlissel is the president of the University of Michigan, right? He's on his way out, and there's a reason he's on his way out because they value academics so high that they really kind of like they don't they value it so high that they kind of detriment their own progress, right? 
your biggest market marketing tools as a university is your sports teams, right? Like the Michigan State, right? Their their biggest two faces of their university is Tom Izzo and Mel Tucker. So you got my man Mel Tucker there. Yeah. I mean, it, who else do you need, really? But Tom Izzo, he, I, I'll both, give you that They're one. both smooth, classy guys, yeah, right? Absolutely, and hands down. And they're both they're both out. Michigan State pubs them out a lot. I mean, even Ohio State, like they got Ryan Day. I mean, he's a very, very he's he he carries himself very, very well. You know, they're this is how they these universities go. Okay, like even at Alabama, right? Alabama, all they have to do is be like, listen, all Nick Saban has to do is make a thirty second commercial. Saying why you should come to Alabama, and boom, they got like a thousand applicants. Done deal. A thousand applicants. I mean, I think it's on average when you have a good football team, you average like I think it's a thousand applicants a day at the universities where you're a top ten team. And these and these universities are spending millions and millions of dollars to recruit students. Right, and and the prop and, and and you the easiest recruiting tool is football, basketball. Obviously, you know, in some states, it's hockey, like, you know, the Minnesotas, the Boston Colleges, sure. all that stuff. But in, like, the majority of the country, it's football or basketball. That's Those are two big ones. So, what Michigan's having trouble with is kind of their own arrogance, right? Because when you look at other universities across the, the landscape, right, the University of Florida. Yeah, you know what it takes to get into the University of Florida? I'm guessing uh, more than the average athlete GPA. <laughs> well, it's higher than Michigan's GPA. Oh, wow. To get into Florida, you need a 4.3. A 4.1 on average is admitted to the University of Florida. Wow, that's a pretty high price tag for that sunshine. There is no one on that football team. No one. I guarantee you there's probably one or two that... In the college football landscape, that can get a four point one, four point two. I mean, I didn't even have a four point in school. There, you gotta, and I'm probably the smartest person you know, I know. You know how rare? You know? You, you know how? <laughs> you know how rare it is? Speaking of arrogance, and I'm a Spartan. I'm just kidding. Do you, do, do you know how rare it is for a, a college football player to be that smart? It's very rare because, like, like a guy like Kirk Cousins, right? He went to Michigan State. He he. He was a, a major in bio, biomed, biomedicine, whatever. Uh, Calvin Johnson, Georgia Tech, engineer. Like, those don't, you don't see many college football players major in, like, pre-med or anything like that. It's usually, like, sports medicine or uh, kinesiology or general studies. Yeah, that, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of kinesiology. And I'm wondering, you know, I had to look that up. Because, you know, a lot of people that I've, you know, had had conversations with or, or people that I've known in the past or whatever, you know, I'm wondering, what did you study in school? And I'll be darned if a lot of I had to look it up. I had to look up what it was because I'm like, what are all these people going into kinesiology? Have you ever met kinesiologist? No, no. I haven't either. I don't think anyone does the, it the professionally. Problem the problem with the University of Michigan is like, okay, you get these kids in as a football player or a basketball player or yeah. a hockey player, right? Right. Do you really think that they're gonna have the time to like go to, to like go and do their best schoolwork? No, because they they they're practicing all the time, and when they're not practicing, they're working out, or they're doing something that's involved in the game. Right. They really don't have the time to go and in major in journalism or pre law, like they just don't. 
like the the whole misnomer about the University of Michigan, like the the their academic standards is just asinine. Like if if you're gonna be a big boy in college football, okay, there's a ton of football. There's a ton of good football universities that bend the rules for their sports, their their athletes. Bend them? You're being generous there. You know how many student athletes I've spoken to or former student athletes? When I say when I say who told me when, they didn't even take their own tests, they didn't do their when own I say, homework. When I say bend, I mean like they bend it all the way, kind of like a bendy right. straw, <laughs> and just sort of leave it like hanging over the edge. Listen, it's it's, right. it's not like these kids are going to the major in law or not majoring in pre med. They're not going there for that. They're right. literally right. going there to play sports. Like I've always said that when you these athletes should just be given a four year scholarship after they're done playing football, so they can come back and get it whenever they want. Because asking them to be a student athlete and major in what the hell are they majoring in? You know, that's a brilliant Joe. That is an absolutely brilliant idea. I haven't, you know, that makes complete sense because that way they can focus on their athletics. Yeah, ride that out. And then when they, and then when they're done, then, then when, it's when done, they need it, when, when they can't play when, anymore, when they're done, right? Right. When they're done, let's say they're not a good football player and they can't go to the pros because not they face it. A lot of these college football players not going to the pros. Like a majority of them, right, will not be going to the pros. Right. Why? Because there's only seven rounds in the draft, and usually there's 215 picks. There's more than 215 players in college football. So give them the four-year degree after, and don't even worry about the academic standards when they're playing football because the reality of the situation is if you think the big boys down south are playing by the same rules that you do, you are absolutely blind. And that's the problem with Michigan. Is they've been absolutely blind to the fact that, like, like we got to have these kids be up to academic standards. they got to be this. they got to do this. It's like – what are, do you want? Do you want a football team, or do you want like a bunch of guys that are like uh, church boys? Well, and I, I think that I think you made a salient point, and that is that I think it's possible that it's time for the decision makers at the University of Michigan to reevaluate their model. I think it's possible their model could be a bit outdated. It's outdated. For for a modern environment. And I think they need to update and they need to at least revisit that, take a look at it and see what they can do to become because more you, competitive yeah. and, and, and more uh, re- realistic in a modern environment. And so I think it, it never hurts to reassess your model, your program, whatever. And I think that the University of Michigan, you make a very good point, and I think you're right, that the, it's time for the University of Michigan to reevaluate and take another look at their modeling because I, I think it's a bit out of date. Like, Mel Tucker, right? He can go to transfer portal get these kids from Florida. He can get these kids from Mississippi State. They can transfer over to Michigan State because Michigan State's admissions, they let them go because kind of like – they don't let them go for anything, but they let them go if they're eligible. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, that's the difference. And you look at Michigan, you look at Notre Dame, they always play the big boy, right? They always play the, we're better than everybody else, we're good as everyone else, academic standards, we play football too. Well, you've seen what happened against Georgia, what happens. You go down there and you get your ass kicked when you play these teams because they're not playing by the same rules you you are. They aren't going out yeah. there. They aren't going out there and be like, Guys, go do your schoolwork. Academic standards. No, they're not. You think Florida's playing by academic standards? I can tell you probably right now, there's probably one person on that team that is even, like, 
close to a 4.4. I bet you it's not even close to a 4.4. I, I don't know many people. I don't know many people, and I know a lot of smart people. I don't know many people they who are close to a 4.4 GPA. I mean, that's like that's like superhuman. Like, like who does that? I mean, I mean, I think you know, even in my grad, you know, when I was doing graduate school classes and stuff like that, graduate level classes. I mean, I, I mean, I was about a 3.8 student. I mean, you look at and I had to work hard to get a, to be a three. I was a 3.86, yeah. and I had to work hard for that. So to, to be a 4.4 and concentrate fully on having a potential in, in athletics, I, I think is unrealistic. Well, that's why Florida bends rules yeah. for them because no, they, 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 they can't be like, okay, these kids coming in, if we want them to be good at football, we have to kind of bend the rules a little bit because yeah. it's not equal. It's not equal. Like, not every school is like Vanderbilt, right? Where you go to Vanderbilt, you're not going there to play football. Right. You're going there to right. become a biomedical guy or uh, you're a surgeon or whatever. Like, Saving the world. Right. You, go to, you want to save the world? Go to Vanderbilt. You're going to, you're, right. you're, you're going to go to business Harvard school. Harvard or something. Right. You play, you play in right. the Ivy League. You know what you're getting yourself into. But like, sure. Michigan always wants to play the big boy. They want to play the big boy. They say, let's play the big boy. We are a big boy. We are a challenger. We can challenge for the national championship. And then when you go down and play Georgia, you see what happens. So what I'm hearing you say, Joe, is that Michigan needs to make a decision. Who are you going to be? You're going to be a big boy, or are you going to be? Because the reality of the situation, the, dad. the reality of the situation is, there's not many universities that care about their academic standards when it comes to football and basketball. Just ask North Carolina, okay? Ask Duke. Those are two basketball schools who allow probably the dumbest individuals to play their sport. <laughs> Well, at least we don't. Well, at least we're not in the dumbest category, and I don't think so. Well, we got a, Duke, we got a lot of Duke, great people here. Duke had Kyrie Irving, who thought who thought look, he thinks the world is flat. You really think that guy's getting oh, into Duke God. University? Are you nuts? It's like, <laughs> but you know what? He's good at basketball, so they're like, we accepted you. <laughs> you're 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 accepted. You can believe anything you want. You know, you can be the dumbest. Person in the world, just keep those three points. But if you could dribble the ball as fast as you, as you talk, cool. Let's go, run it. <laughs> Boy, I'll tell you, you're you just don't hear these kind of conversations on other shows. That's why you got to tune into the Cindy and Joe show on Between the Whistles. Go to our Facebook page, visit us on YouTube. We always have good content. It's always good. Yeah, and the last thing I want to say though. Oh boy. I keep, I've been trying to wrap this segment up for about three attempts now. The last thing I want to say. Fourth down. Fourth. <laughs> <laughs> We're going for two. That's We're going right. for two. Two point conversion. Listen, Michigan has always prided themselves on being the leaders and the best, right? Right. You can't be the leaders and the best when you're half in and half out. You're either in the pool or you're out of the pool. So if you want to be a big boy, you can't play the same adage that Notre Dame plays with, like the whole, we have student athletes and they can compete too. Because we see what happens when Notre Dame goes to play a hard, tough team. And they get their brakes blown off them too, because you can't be you can't have a bunch of smart kids and think that you're going to be competitive in football, because the best kids at football they've got knocked around a little bit, the brain's a little bit you know it's a marshmallow world up in there. You gotta like sometimes you just gotta be like okay, see the you know when Michigan State played in the playoff right in 2015. Mark D'Antonio took a team there that was probably not supposed to go to the playoff. But they did. They beat Ohio State at the horseshoe, blah, blah, blah. 
They go to they go to play Alabama. They keep it close for a half. That was one of the, their better teams that Mark D'Antonio had. Yeah. Kept it close for a half. And then Alabama was like, oh, okay, enough of this garbage. Here we go. Let's take them out. 38 nothing. That was the end of the game. Right? Yep. Michigan State had to bend the rules. To, when Mel Tucker came, I'm pretty sure he said, listen, if you want me to take this job, you got to let me get my guys. You have to let me get players that I can get in here or we're not going to be successful or I'm not taking this job. Because if you are saying that I have to abide by uh, academic standards, which is Michigan State's a 3.71, <laughs> see ya. Right. There's better places out there that will let me go for a lot less. Well, Mel Tucker knew. I think Mel Tucker has always had a very good sense of the reality of things, the practical reality of yeah. things. And, um, he, you know, quite frankly, Michigan State had nowhere to go but up at that point. I so. think Tom Izzo was for it, too, because the reality of the situation is they can't compete with some of these teams that bend the rules so much. Well, that's it. They so, just can't you, can't. you can't compete with people that are bending the rules. Here's what I say, Jeff, and we're going to – or Jeff, oh, my God. <laughs> Joe, I don't even know your name anymore. Hobby. See how long this has gone? Yeah. This is what I'm hearing Joe say. I'm hearing Joe say this. Just like Pat Morita said in The Karate Kid, for those of us who are old enough to appreciate that movie, left side, you stay safe. Right side, safe. You walk in the middle, squishy like grape. That's what happens. That's what you're saying. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah, because when you're on the left and right side, you're, like, you're, just, you're just playing it safe. Don't go in the middle. You but get if, squished but like if, a grape. But, but if you want to be a big boy, you got to go up the middle. Well, you gotta be, you got to choose a side. Right. You go in the middle, you're going to get squished like grape. No, the, the middle is not going to squish like grape because he's, he's a 395-pound taunt of a man. <laughs> All right. All right, this is Between the Whistles, Detroit. Next segment, we'll be talking about Michigan State, and we're going to wrap up their season. They had a good season. We will they talk had a about phenomenal we will season. Talk, they had a good season. So did Michigan. It's been a great year for football in the state of Michigan. We'll talk about Michigan State in the next segment. See ya.